A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the most fraudulent F1 podcast with Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11. I secretly moonlight as Helmut Marco at race weekends. And Blake, a.k.a. Break. Echo chambers of farts and idiots on Twitter after races. It's the Engine Breaking F1 podcast. Pick yourselves up. Toot toot. Welcome back. Episode 44, hashtag blessed podcast, hashtag thank you, thank you guys for another wild and crazy season. I hope you guys are doing well. We've finished off the 2023 season. Um, nobody got hurt, no, uh, except for Daniel Ricardo, but I'm glad he's better. Um, I mean, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, oh, and Lance Stroll at the start of the season, didn't he? Bust uh, Fernando pushed him off his bicycle, yeah. Oh, the yeah, the the whiplash from that unfortunate, uh, yeah. That's what you get for riding a bicycle. <laughs> My mom always said, wait, is it going blind? That's not from... <laughs> Where was no, you going mind. with that? Uh, so, you know, when you, you say... Get a oh, Forrest you, Gump you, reference in there or something. You, you, no, you'll go blind from that. What? Doing the old um, hand shuffle? Yeah. Oh, wanker's whiplash. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway, welcome back. This is a Formula One podcast, not some... Uh, Aston Martin fan fiction nonsense. <laughs> but anyway, DeVries De got hurt. Did he? Emotionally. Yeah, he had a tough time, but you know what? Uh, what is, he, is he driving some Formula E, driving some World Endurance Championship next season? It'll uh, be all right. Yeah, he is, yeah. It'll be all right. But uh, yeah, well, welcome back if you're old school welcome if you're new this is the engine braking podcast my name is blake aka break um this is dan aka engine mode 11 two frauds used to work in formula one and now we do i'm basically jobless and dan actually has a real job yeah congratulations I'm a senior consultant i'll have you know for a Give large, yourself a big shoot too. large spanish based telecommunications company engine braking is not good yeah, there's Max's thought on that. Engine braking is not good. True. Good enough, so, though, to make it to the end of the season of 44 episodes. So, thanks. Oh, and yeah. everyone tagging us in their Spotify wrapped. Hey, you know what? 
big yourself up. If you've got us <laughs> on your Spotify rap, um, in my book, you're an absolute legend. I've had so many people message me to say, hey, look, you made it on my Spotify rap. I was like, you just went and like set them on auto repeat while you're sleeping. They're like, yeah, definitely. But, you know, I just wanted to, you know, it's, it's free real estate. You know, I was like, all right, cool. I appreciate that. But um, why don't we why don't we get into the news of Formula One? I mean, the season has wrapped up. There have been some interesting changes, especially considering the Formula One commission meeting. What do we what do we got as our takeaways from that? Yeah. But what, had... so this is basically all the teams and people involved in it having chats about their plans. And I think they invited the journalists and everything else, or they published this to them to say, here's what we're going to be doing for the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they do it every year, but uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I've never given a shit about it until we've had a podcast. So <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's like, it's, now like, most of stuff, it's like, we'll just figure out what happens next year. It's like, don't you want to know? It's like, no, I don't like, I'll tell you one thing my girlfriend does that drives me insane for no reason whatsoever. We'll watch a film and she will read the cliff notes of the film before we watch it to see if she wants to invest the time in it. And that's kind of how I feel about these F1 commission notes. I'm like, you know what? Let's get to 2026. Just surprise me. Surprise me. I'm willing to wait for two years and she can't wait an hour and a half. But on one hand, I do respect it. Always prepared. Where we used to get the, uh, when they bought out the um, technical regs with all the cost cap stuff in it, and it was like a 600 page document or something. I remember sitting in the meeting saying, I'm not fucking reading all this. Can someone just summarize <laughs> it for me? Because Chat I can't GPT fucking deal me with out, this. Bro. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, we broke the cost cap. So perhaps maybe that was why. Maybe it was me because I couldn't be asked to read it. Yeah. So Absolutely. sorry. Yeah. Commission, the F1 commission hearing took place on the Thursday at Abu Dhabi. Good news for all of you F1 sprint haters. Uh, I know you will gather here at this podcast. Yeah, we're gonna have a we're gonna do like a a sacrifice circle for the sprint races later. Uh, my place. I'll give you guys the address later. Yes, and uh, we're gonna potentially shake it all up. They're looking at possibly bringing in some reverse grids and revamping the weekend timetable. Ooh! Mm, apparently, so one idea. They didn't yeah. hear us. That we said, listen, you you absolute we absolutely. <laughs> the the sprint weekends can you get rid of them they're like no no we can't no one's going to believe that because you censored it yeah. if it was us we'd be they'd get both balls double barrel um yes so one idea is for sprint qualifying to happen on friday afternoon qualifying for the main race on the saturday i, I don't really care how they shuffle it as long as they yeah. get rid of the the park Ferme bullshit that that will be very interesting to see because it's like the argument for so if anybody's not clued in the park for a thing is basically after free practice one on a sprint weekend you go into qualifying and as soon as the car leaves the garage you cannot change the car setup and that's kind of sucks when you've got qualify for sprint sprint race and the race like you can't change the car setup and it's like you know, maybe you don't have on those Fridays, you don't get the opportunity to learn about the car setup because you have one free practice session to set the car up. And then you're like, cool, there you go. And if you completely mess it up, you learn about it in the sprint race and you can't do anything about it. So it could be interesting. I'm, I don't hate it at all. No, and I forgot to write them down, but they also announced what races are getting a sprint next year. And they actually all seemed to make sense. 
we haven't got any stupid like Baku or Spa. You know, it's like the usual Brazil, uh, Austria, and I've forgotten what the others were, but they were at tracks that it sort of makes sense at. Sick. That'll be, uh, you know what? So are we going to go to, what are they changing the qualifying format? Did they mention that yet? Or is it just, just still looking discussion? at it? I don't think they've. Uh, we are checking. Mm, we They are. Stop inventing. Stop inventing. They are inventing. Okay, fine. Okay. Sick. I'm, so uh, you go. know what? If they change something, fine. If they make it a different championship for the Bants and something else, fine. I personally, I understand they're selling more tickets at the racetrack and they're making more money. As a content creator, tech analyst, some random guy on the internet, which there's plenty of guys on the internet with opinions and not all of them are good. <laughs> I had a chat this afternoon with uh, Niasha as well. And it was just like, it's just so nonstop, man. It's really hard to have some of those really interesting deep dive conversations that you want to have because your rinse repeat always on, which is the same reason I left trackside engineering, which is the same reason I left F1 altogether. Ironically, I'm back in it for peanuts to do a podcast <laughs> and make videos. <laughs> I'm doing the job I was paid a lot for, for nothing. So like hey, and subscribe. For the, for the price of free 99, you can hear my terrible takes all day. Before only my colleagues had to hear those. Now you are my colleagues. Anyway, what else we got? What else have the FIA commission, F1 commission said? Tire blanket ban. Yeah. Get out of here. They're getting rid of it. So they're getting rid of the ban. They're not yeah. getting rid of tire blankets. Yeah. They Interesting. Were, they've been flirting with this idea for ages, and I think it keeps getting pushed back. And now eventually uh, they've come to the conclusion that these Pirelli tires are never going to be in a condition where they can run without <laughs> being warmed up. That's not a slight on Pirelli. I'm just saying it? that's this the truth. <sighs> yeah. yeah. You can't design F1 race tires go through all this chemical analysis and things like that and then all of a sudden say oh by the way guys uh you're not allowed to heat them up anymore which is like a major component of the chemical reaction uh, but i think but i think on on one hand other series are able to do it and it's not without problems yeah, we had those... spa and the weck spa and the weck was a difficult one but at the same time right formula one has a big problem they do not have allowances in the structure for proper tire testing. That is true. That's it. Bottom line, it's like, let's, let's develop a, a tire during a free practice one session at random events throughout the year. No, you need A, B, C, A testing throughout an entire day. You need several variations, a lot. Pirelli don't have the money to do it and the teams don't have the money inside the cost cap nor the resources with the calendar unless they build up a test team to do a proper warmerless tire for F1. Yeah. I could be wrong, and if somebody does tires, please send me a message. I would love to hear your thoughts on it, and if you want, I can relay those thoughts anonymously. Um, but seriously, I, I'm really interested, because that's my gut feeling, and I feel quite strongly about it. But on the other hand, I've never developed a tire. I've participated in many tire tests, but I don't know. But here's the other thing. The idea is to get rid of tire blankets to save money and save electricity. Guess how you warm up the tires? By burning fucking fuel in the combustion engine. Because it's like, yeah, these are going to need like, you know, if you make a, a tire that you can heat up in three push laps, 
Yeah. Okay, well, you've, you've just wasted two laps of fuel. Add that up for an entire season. Then you'll have these really weird, it's like, right now, I like the fact that a car can go out and do a one-shot qualifying lap. It could go out and do a one-shot qualifying out time lap in. Most tracks we've had that. Uh, Vegas, we didn't have that, which was a very weird flow to a session. I did not enjoy that whatsoever, personally. The Q3 session was awkward. Mm. Um, but the fact that you can do out lap, flying lap, in lap, great. It makes for some really exciting Q3 sessions, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, what are you, what, I know, where are you feeling on that? Uh, I think that to say we're going to get rid of tire blankets under the the umbrella of energy saving is nonsense, really. When you decide it sounds to, a little bit greenwashy, doesn't it? It's like, oh yeah, we've raced in Baku. Uh, now we're going to fly to Canada. Oh, by the way, now we're going to come back to Monza or whatever. It's just like, what? You want me to turn my tire blankets off? Get yeah, out! Get out! It's, yeah, it's like you've got, you know, you've got your grow farm in the attic, but you're worried about turning the kettle on to boil a cup of tea. That's what these guys are on. They're on the product. Yeah, they need to switch to uh, LED lights rather than the... Uh, the tungsten bulbs that's or whatever. The, that's the one. No, it's, it's sodium bulbs, isn't it? I don't, I, I don't know why I know that. No, we don't know that. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> what else did the commission talk about? Because we've had some other big issues that are... I think probably more important than either of those things this season. And it only happened once. Yes. Driver cooling in the wake of the Qatar and everyone nearly fainting and things like that. Uh, the regulations are going to be amended to permit a scoop to boost driver cooling. Now, I have no idea what that's going to look like or how it's going to work. Or more importantly, how do you determine when you're allowed to run that and when you're not. Because <laughs> you're going to have people like, right, um, we've determined that in uh, Las Vegas, we need some driver cooling because it reduces drag, which I, oh, fine. That, that doesn't make sense. But so currently they've got the holes usually in the nose cones in the past or like a duct under the side. And that's some driver cooling to keep air moving into the cockpit and out. But yeah, it would be interesting to see what they do with that. You know, like, but I think what they'll have is, for example, currently they have a notification that goes out on the race control prior to the session to tell the teams which headrest material to use. Yeah. So the, uh, the, yeah, the okay. So they, um, they could do it like that. If the ambient temperature outside is X at the hour before the race or expected to be, you'll have to do it. Probably, who knows? But it's one of those things. It's like you could see them allowing you to change it outside of Park Fermi. And if it has adverse effects on the performance, just deal with it. Yeah, I can't wait till we get, what is it? The Is it the F-duct or the S-duct? Which is the one where if the McLaren drivers moved their hand F-duct. In, in a certain position in the cockpit back in like the 2000s, it would stall the air on the rear wing. Can't yeah, wait! The, can't the, wait for that. The, 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 you see the driver like putting his foot up in the cooling duct on the straights or something. Yeah, yeah. I want to see uh, Adrian Newey design a system where if you gurn in the correct manner in your helmet, you get an extra ten miles an hour on the straight. Or you could see him doing the old old carding. Yeah, yeah. The old <laughs> leaning forward. <laughs> yeah, Lance Stroll's just run into somebody else in a braking zone. Son of a... <laughs> yeah, everyone... I went go-karting once and everyone was doing that leaning forward trick. 
And then I came in and someone was like, why aren't you doing the leaning forward trick? I was like, mate, I can't lean forward. My gut's in the way. <laughs> I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. Yeah. I can't go she any quicker. Go. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, that'll be interesting. Um, wet weather visibility. Are we, are we getting some more work on those freaking scoops or the little beep boops on the rear wheels? The, uh, the Subaru Rally Edition mud flaps. Yeah, boy. Taken straight off of uh, Colin McRae's old Subaru and uh, yeah. slapped on the back of an F1 car. The FIA are going to look at doing more tests on the wheel covers to try and help with visibility in the spray. Uh, good Why luck do- with that. Yeah, good luck, fucking goobers. Uh, 2026 car development. They've made some interesting stances on that. So yes, this is sorry, not next year. Was that a this statement is, or a question? <laughs> it, was a, it was a question, really. So the 2026 car is the new engine era, the GNOME MGU-H simplified power unit with a smaller, uh, less ice power, less combustion engine power, and more electrical power. But the, the commission has made some statements. What do they think about that? They say, listen, you get, should you so much as even look at working on the car, 2026 before the start of 2025 you're going to be in big doo-doo so that does not include the power units those are exceptions to that but the car but at the same time they're still trying to work out what the 2026 regulations even look like so i don't understand how teams can not work on it you know like it's it's like yeah because they'll be coming up with stuff and people will need to check that it makes sense because in the FIA's infinite wisdom, they do have technical people that can help draft regulations, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, how do you get teams feedback on that if they can't actually go through the process of checking that shit actually makes sense? Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, mate. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an odd one. I can't fix everything, mate. I know. I know me neither. Why don't we just tell them? Um, so that's the, that's the F1 commission, and I think nothing too crazy there. But let, let's let's get, let's get in let's get into the race weekend. But before that, Monster Energy have left Mercedes for McLaren. That's going to be wild. But does Lewis still have his deal with Monster? Because I don't know what it looks like from a branding point of view. But apparently, Lewis also has a personal deal with Monster Energy. Yes, viewers will be keen to know. And if you've watched a few times, you do know. I like to sync. A uh, Lewis Hamilton special limited edition monster. It's my favorite flavor. Is it really? Hashtag not an ad. Um, Okay. But yes, he does keep his own deal, apparently. It's just, I guess, Mercedes lose all the monster fridges and they get shipped over to McLaren instead. Yep. I I, I completely forgot that Monster used to sponsor... Uh, Michael Schumacher, when he was at Mercedes, when he came back to Mercedes, mm. I completely forgot. Someone yeah. reminded me on Twitter. That's yeah, not that's just interesting. A, not just the Lewis think, Hamilton thing. No, exactly. Do you think we'll see some special McLaren flavors? They've got to. A papaya one? Yeah, and it'll probably taste like dog shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, oh. I worked for Red Bull for six years. I've tried every single flavor of Red Bull there is. 99% of them taste like dog water. They're not good. I can't imagine Wait. the monster ones are any different. I like all the 
Like I don't drink Did them you often, like, but oh, I hate yeah, them. yeah, seriously, classic. I love. I just don't like that much sugar and caffeine at the same time. Uh, the yellow tropical edition is amazing. The cactus fruit one was amazing. The the pink, like honestly, yeah, I love all of them. I just don't like that much sugar in a soft drink. So, oh, uh, uh, you know what I liked a lot that everybody else hated, or like uh, other people. It's very divisive. The cola, I loved it. Oh my god, that tasted how it gave me a headache, man. That's how bad it no. tasted. I love the Red Bull Cola. I oh, think it's great. Shout out anyone who's had the lucky opportunity to taste Red Bull Cola. I love it. It kind of tastes like this might be a UK sort of thing, but people in the UK sure. might know that um <laughs> cheap corner shop Coca-Cola. It tastes a bit like that. <laughs> you know, like the real I've dodgy bottles it. of cola you yeah. can buy from your corner shop by some brand you've never heard of. Why is this stuff called Coca Cola? Mm. Looks really similar. Roller Cola. <laughs> but um, speaking of Macca's, McLaren, they've signed a deal with Mercedes for their power units through 2030. They have said, yes, we are going to commit to you. We hope that you have a good 2026 power unit. Um, and I think McLaren, or I think Mercedes should be probably the strongest power unit. I, I can't see them not being. I really like. I won't be surprised if Red Bull has some teething issues the first couple of years. Oh yeah. On, honestly, I won't, like it's not a slight, but I won't be surprised. No. But at the same time, I think Mercedes should be quite a safe bet. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that announcement at all. No, I agree no, with no. you. I think it's a big step. For Red Bull to produce a new engine, it's not it's not new, new, is it? I mean, there are elements carried over, but still, it's a big ask for a first time company. It's it's very yeah. easy to sort of take over an existing engine and say, right, we'll just tinker with it and improve it. But to make a new one from scratch, there'll be teething issues. I think. Yeah. Well, you remember when Honda came back in the V6? I mean, that thing was shitting con rods and all sorts of bits into the circuit in Australia. It's like Jensen on the lap to grid. And there's, and there's a fucking cog stuck in the tarmac kind of vibes. It's like, that wasn't a little boom, boom. That was guts out. Boom, boom. Renault 2017, so. baby. Mm. Fun times. Mm. Ah, that's a good one. What's the new? Alpha Tauri's got a new name. Is it? It's rumored to be, and there's a company registered called Racing Bulls. Oh, yeah. Apparently, that's like the registered trademark for it, but we don't actually know if that's... Mm, I see. But that's such an unimaginative name. It's Red Bull Racing and their sister team, Racing Bulls. It's like, wow, come on, man. I like the Tarosso because it had, the, uh, had the, the flair and it gave you know a good feel to the roots of the team and everything else. So I said just bring back Minardi. Bring yeah, back. exactly. Torosso's dope as well. Yeah, Torosso was good. Yeah. But um before we get into the race weekend, did you see MBS, Mohamed Soliaman said he's like, if I need to, I'll bring back Michael Massey. You know, I'm like, <laughs> no. I'm like dude, yeah, he said that I didn't he would say this at all. <laughs> the dude's like, nobody's talked about me in a month. I must get a headline. I know what I can do. I can shake stir the pot and then defecate in it all at once no way is this dude bringing come on man this is this is a this is the, the the apparently paid red bull actor there's no freaking way you guys bring michael massey back 
you don't. It doesn't happen. It will not happen. Mm-hmm. I don't. What is, what is even Michael doing these days? Is he even doing anything? I think he's or is uh, he living off of that Red Bull payout. I'm pretty sure he's doing something with sports cars back in Oz. Not sure. Right. One last thing. Chat, Chat. live stream users on the video, Spotify or Apple Music listeners. I've done something a little bit cheeky. I did a video last week about Super Formula with Liam Lawson, and I only used about three minutes of footage from that interview. Just some tidbits. But tomorrow on Break F1, which is on Apple and Spotify, if you guys like whenever I get a time and like Dan's busy, I just like blurt out a whole qualifying a race summary. Um, So do be sure to subscribe to Break F1 on audio platforms and go to my main YouTube channel. The full Liam Lawson interview will be out tomorrow. And it was awesome chatting to him. That dude's such a nice dude, so humble. And he's feckin' fast as well. An absolute lad. And it was really awesome to have the chat with him and learn about his experience, A, moving to Japan to race in Super Formula, and B, getting to drive the Scuderici Alpha Tauri. You know what I'm saying? Check it. Let's get into the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Wait, wait hold on, I gotta do this. You're breaking, it's not good. There we go. Um, <laughs> Tell me, tell me about it. Let's, let's start off with free practice one. We'll, we'll do the, our usual linear walk through the weekend, but there's a couple shenanigans this weekend. Yeah, FP1 was uh, bring your child to work day. <laughs> <laughs> and Red Bull, Red Bull Racing, both of them drivers just thought, no, I'm having the morning off, sod it. They replaced both Checo and Max. They were like, so no, the, we're done. So you had Jake Dennis... In Max's car and Isaac Adger in Checo's car. And then Max and GP were sat on the pit wall, yeah. just chilling out during the session. And the performance engineers were race engineering the cars and they had somebody else performance engineering the cars. So Max is up there on the pit wall, sitting there with, with, with GP. And GP's like, You see how hard this is? You see what I have to do? And Max is like, Ah, it's easy, mate. Easy, mate. Uh, did anybody, did any of the, the junior, junior drivers have a, a goof. Was everybody safe? I didn't watch the session. Uh, not really. I think they were all, everyone pretty much kept it on track. Uh, Jack Dewan in the Alpine nearly slammed it into the back of Logan Sargent, but that's because I think his pit wall didn't give him the, the calms. Yeah. He got a, he got a, a fine for that, didn't he? That was sketch. That was, that was actually terrifying. That dude was boxed for new underwear. He, he probably had to have emergency sphincter surgery that night yeah oh yeah and, and chat's reminding us that uh jake dennis getting his helmet sucked yeah, off he forgot to uh he forgot to tighten his helmet bless him i wouldn't be surprised if he tightened it what he normally tightens it and didn't realize that the formula one car will <laughs> you, if, you, if you don't have the, the so if you if you look at it some drivers have the little spoilers on the back and those are to prevent buffeting because there's a lot of pressure there and you will get the helmet like pulling on the chin strap so good gg jake dennis jake's jake's an absolute freaking dude though what a dude yeah you're quite uh quite good friends with him aren't you yeah i'm I'm a big jake dennis fan like the dude's super freaking talented like he did a um he did a, a podcast with motormouth uh haven't you have you been on with motormouth as well haven't you yes yeah yeah so uh, as it tim tim does that um Tim Sylvie. And it was just, it was, I listened to some clips from it. It's just like, Jake's just a super humble down to earth dude goes from racing 10 tops and Aston Martin 
through that starts they're like hey this guy's pretty good and then he starts doing simulator work which is how i got to know jake so much and he's had a couple of opportunities to drive the car and real driver tests and tire tests um and then he gets the you know he was talking about the opportunity to go racing formally when he was testing with andretti and they're like yeah do you want to come do a simulator test and he's like yeah okay definitely check it out motormouth podcast great episode with jake dennis and uh, tim tim sylvie's also a very good host so do be sure to check that out chat this is chat and listeners this is the big difference right between people that actually do the real work behind the scenes in the garage and the people that pose out front like blake everyone remembers blake and knows who he is no one's got a fucking clue who i am or remembers who i am they just remember the guy with a beard that occasionally reset the internet (laughs) (laughs) mate honestly i am not that guy when there's a camera I'm getting out of there. There's other people. If you watch, <laughs> except for the comms managers, you know, the, the comms managers are there deliberate with the driver to be like, you know, don't ask that question or, you know, whatever else. And they keep them. Oh yeah. HR probably remember me quite well. <laughs> yeah. I bet they remember me. Uh, but nobody resets that router better than you, baby. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. Thank you. Um, Free practice too. Very short FP2 session. Science has a little bumpy bump over uh, turn three and sends it completely into the bases pretty hard. Red flag the session. Um, yeah, it was a couple laps, a couple basically out laps, and then he's in the bases. And then there's like 15 minutes of running at the end of the session, and some people had a look at high fuel runs. But, you know, most of those teams, they hadn't driven the actual car because they had a junior driver in FP1. That Ferrari... That's the third Ferrari. instance. Ferrari. Oh, that Ferrari. Ferrari. That's the third instance that I can recall off the top of my head where it's spun out quite badly after hitting a bump this season. Uh, Miami. Another track oh. that escapes me now. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, Miami. Uh, Bahrain testing, I think it was. And now Abu Dhabi. There's something funky Ooh. with that Ferrari. Ferrari. I think one A, they're definitely trying to set it up quite low. B, they're running it quite stiff um, to keep it as low as they can. And then I believe I I I could be I could be completely nonsensing, but I was under the impression I saw a picture of somebody having ground down, like the, the circuit having ground down the bump at turn three after that session. Uh, yes, and I agree. That that bump was quite a bad bump. You saw a lot of people struggle with it. Yeah, um, but there is something going on with that Ferrari where, when it hits a bump, it really unsettles the rear of that car. Yeah, and in case anybody's wondering, Dan was—if you're a video viewer, Dan was just brushing his luxurious <laughs> Sorry, beard with a beautiful my beard. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's getting a bit out of control at the minute. Are you, are you, are you gonna get only beards? Sponsor like or maybe like Manscaped or something. No, I reckon we might need to do another bet where for next season where something happens, it gets shaved off. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, make a suggestion in the comments. Yeah, you guys let us know. So, free practice three was a typical quality prep. A few drivers having a look at high fuel. Oh, hang on, wait. This- sorry. Oh, oh, oh no, wait. Yeah, you sorry. Forgot, I jumped. Go ahead. Um, you forgot Max Verstappen and Fernando Alonso committing domestic terrorism at the pit lane exit in FP two. Yeah, they they were reported uh, for a violation of several treaties and peace acts, both international and domestic. Um, they overtook drivers in the pit lane. <laughs> I, the I love 
the speeds, some of the speeds uh, they were overtaking at, like when you get into double digit kilometers per hour, when you, as soon as you cross that threshold of, you know, from going like nine to 10 kilometers an hour and you're overtaking a car, it's just, it's really dangerous and really bad things can happen. People get hurt. People will get hurt. <laughs> I, sorry, I just can't stop laughing. <laughs> the internet absolutely losing their minds that Max overtook people in the pit lane. Fernando Alonso must be sitting there thinking this is the perfect crime. I've got away with this because nobody said a fucking thing about him doing it. <laughs> oh, Fernando, baby. He's like, yeah, these cunts don't hate me that much. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I fucking brilliant. love it, man. Yeah, so they did. Um, they said, you know what? Abu Dhabi is a unique pit lane because you go down through a tunnel under the track and then you join on the inside of the track. So fine and have we had a shunt in the tunnel before like an outlap somebody bidding it i'm sure in the race we've had somebody bozo that can't recall but i'd be surprised if not this is f1 we're talking about you know what's funny as hell though somebody somebody's trying to stir shit but you know I'll, I'll i'll bite they posted a clip of the f1 tv commentators versus the sky commentators talking about that pit lane incident one of them was like all right go on lad and the other one was like Talking about the war crime. Guess. Yeah. Guess. That was good times. Yeah. Oh. Good times. <laughs> ah, and did you see, uh, did you see the, the Ferrari kid on Ted's notebook? No. <laughs> <laughs> there was this kid in like this Ferrari hat or something. Ferrari. Right, and this is, is triggering off my chest infection. That's how much I'm laughing about this again. It was Ted's notebook. I think it was on the Friday or the Saturday. And this kid in his Ferrari cap just goes to Ted and was just like, "Oh, um, you're like you're a massive fan of the British drivers or something, aren't you?" And he was just like, Ted was just like, "Oh no, I'm impartial and all this sort of thing." And I was just like, "Oh, it's brilliant." This this kid in the Ferrari cap just winked at the camera and walked off, and I was like, "What a legend!" Ah, <laughs> oh, what a dude! I need to find that. I forgot oh, I've about got to that. Find that. Ah, oh, I'm looking for it. Was, anyway, I'll, I'll, good. I can't wait to watch this. Honestly, that gets me excited. And I don't get excited about much these days. But anyway, good vibes. Good vibes. Um, ooh, uh, Chris in the chat, just real quick, since we're live streaming, it's a perfect opportunity. So as someone fairly new to the sport, what are some of the best resources for stats post-race? Is it all behind some paywall or is there a good go-to site? Just looking to learn. Um, I can offer you one. Some of it is free. Some of it is behind a paywall, but there's a, I think there's a good reason because it's the only ex performance engineer making analytical qualifying and race oh, content on the internet. Here we go. Uh, break.com B R R R A K E.com. And I do post a lot of free articles on there and it's basically a coffee a month is the subscription fee. And you can join over 500 other members and get in on all the deep scoop and if you really want to learn and i do my best to boil it down and make it very accessible for not only the enthusiast audience um but the casual audience as well and there, there may or may not be a team principal that also subscribes to that which we still have not uh revealed who they are but that, that is an actual fact it's not a joke so <laughs> actual factual <laughs> actual in it um free practice three are we ready to go there no, now I want to talk about what I, you know, now I've talked about what you can do on Buy Me A Coffee. We need what, do you, what do you got on the Only Dads? Mm, yeah, Only Dads, uh, beard grooming tips maybe I could offer. 
Ooh, Petty Manny uh, video tutorials. Mm, yeah, maybe. We'll have to come up with an idea of what I can shill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, now, now you, can, you can proceed to FP3 now. All right. Free practice three was your typical quality preparation, but like we said, very few drivers have uh, got to run high fuel properly, and very few of them. Max, for example, didn't do a proper high fuel, and he did one of those push lap with DRS on with medium fuel load into a, a sustainable run, which is what they do a lot in winter testing. We'll be talking all about it then, but uh, yeah. Um, the pace order looked like Mercedes, McLaren, Williams, Ferrari, and Red Bull. And after looking at that session result, I said there's no way that session was meaningful for any fans to look at and try to glean anything for qualifying. Fast forward to qualifying. It's Saturday. The sun's going down. Q1. I forgot what happened in Q1 except for the fact that we lost Carlos Sainz, Magnuson, Bottas, and Joe. Uh, Magnuson, Bottas, Joe, not surprising. Sainz, very surprising. He had one of those weekends where it doesn't look like he showed up. Mm. In the race, he wasn't really there either. Sargent does not qualify because he had both of his or all of his time laps deleted. So the race yeah. director granted him permission to start the race despite not setting a lap time within 107% of the fastest of that lap of that session. RIP, Sargent. That sucks, man. I don't think that's the first time that's happened to him this year either. Mm, possibly. Possibly. Shame, I like um, him, but we, even now, unless something's happened, I'm not aware if he's got a drive for next year or not. They're still sort of, I mean, I think he's all political, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Oh, I, we'll carry on with Q3 and we'll talk about this at the end. I just remembered something as well, speaking of uh, contracts. Um, Q2, Verstappen makes it through Q2 on a single set of new tires at the beginning of the run. So he forgoes any of the track evolution, sets a banker early, the team look at that lap time and they say, yeah, we can predict the the track evolution here pretty. We know this track quite well. Send it. Uh, Perez runs two new tires, and all other drivers run used tire, the new tire. So uh, I think basically Checo wanted to get through on one tire, but they realized his lap was not good enough or safe enough. So they sent him out on another new tire to make sure that he got advantage of all that track evolution. But we lost Hamilton, Akon, Stroll, Albon, and Ricardo. Hamilton not having a great time in qualifying this season. Um, looking at the tally, and you, if you include sprint shootouts, Russell 15, Hamilton 13 on sprint shootout head-to-heads. Uh, that surprised me. Yeah, me too, actually. That surprised me. Me too. Um, so Hamilton really just looked like he was struggling to put a lap together. He would get sector one right, sometimes wrong the next lap. But if he, he if he put his best sectors together, he made it to Q3, but he was struggling on his push lap with turn one uh, and then the final set of corners. So not ideal. Crew, Q, crew three, Q3. Verstappen does not improve on his second run. Um, Verstappen, Leclerc, Piastri, and Russell are the front two rows of the grid. I kind of expected Ferrari to go well here and Leclerc obviously being P2 and then signs qualifying P16. That's not really a way that you want to start your bid to secure P2 and the Constructors' <laughs> Championship, is it? Uh, no, there's better ways of doing it. I think I think there's I can think of probably what is that from a qualifier? I can think of 14 other ways to do a better <laughs> job than that. I, I don't oh, think he was dear. taking pole. I wonder I, how much had to of 
how much of Science's problems were probably because they had to rebuild the car and how many sort of end of season it's only got a last of race parts were thrown on it. Maybe so, but looking at Leclerc versus Science qualifying tally, you want to take a guess? Even close. I think I know this because I think I saw it and uh, they're even Stevens, aren't they? No, Leclerc is 18 to Science is 10, including sprint shootouts. 18 to 10. I thought they were even. Negative. Uh, Russell and Hamilton are the closest on the grid. Everybody else is basically a factor of two or more, and we'll come back to that. Um, Tsunoda? Can we get a, a toot suit for Yuki Tsunoda with a P6 and that AlphaTauri and Perez is P9 after a deleted lap time? I don't remember what, exactly. For Yuki, I'll even go for a... Yuki Tsunoda has been... Kind of like we, we say this so much this season. He's one of those drivers who's it's a bit thankless for him because he's he's done a, a damn good job. And I think uh, Ricardo's done really well against him in head to heads. I think uh, I'm not sure exactly what it is. I think it's like Yuki seven to Ricardo's five or something in head to heads. I could be wrong. I didn't I didn't boil that stat down all the way. But Yuki's done a good job. They're looking pretty handy in that car. And he's you know, he had that kind of goober move in Mexico that he never really put his hand up for, oh, but at the yeah. end of the day, you know what, oh, man? Dear. We all have them days, Yuki. I rate him. Uh, so, into the season, Verstappen takes 12 out of 22 pole positions. Albon, 28-0 to Sargent in qualifying and shootout heads-to-heads. Verstappen, 25-3 on Perez. Alonso, 25-3 on Stroll. And when you put it like that, that sounds so bad. What one you know, the stroll? No, like the fact that Verstappen to Perez is the same qualifying ratio as Alonso on stroll. Sorry, per- Verstappen on Perez versus Alonso on stroll. They're both twenty-five to three on their teammates. Um, yeah, but I'm not massively surprised though with Perez because no disrespect to him, but he's not really known as a fantastic qualifier <sighs> compared to Max. Tw- tw- twenty-five, man. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I, and I don't think that is indicative of his performance level, but it has not been his season. And I would really like to see him have a much stronger next season. But yeah, so that's that's qualifying. Looking at the overall season trends as we as we tend to do, and I'm working on a report on the Buy Me a Coffee or Break.com um, to do like an end of season breakdown on the stats, you know, actual stats, wins, qualifying, head to heads, front rows, all that stuff, but also the performance and the characteristics of the car. Um, Red Bull set the pole 
uh, margin for fastest lap and qualifying on average, very close. Mercedes more or less basically found very little improvement to Red Bull throughout the season. Yes, they did cl- get closer, but at the end of the season, they're still 0.4% off. They had a good run in Hungary and they had a good run in Singapore. But other than that, <clears throat> you know, mm. that's tough. Um, Alpatari came back at the end of the season, but they had a couple lumps and bumps. And McLaren are well and truly back with what I believe is a, like, I'm kind of disregarding Las Vegas. That was a massive all over the spot. Willow, our, our buddy Willow Creative says, you should send your stats to Williams. Apparently they need to review Logan's stats before they confirm him. Uh, was that during the race? James Vowles said they're not in a position to confirm Logan Sargent will be driving for the team next season. That being said, we, we need an American in Formula One. We do need an American driver. It's, 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 and I, I think he's not a bad driver. I think he's had a tough time. And you see that, the pressure... Uh, it, let's let's be honest. It's not like the Williams is a spectacular car. Alex Albon has driven the living shit out of that thing. It's not the one. Alex is definitely outperforming that. But who do they put in? I don't know. I don't know. Who's the most uh, controversial American NASCAR driver? Let's get them. I'm, I'm not up to. I'm not up to scratch on American drivers right now. Why don't we bring a friend of the podcast, Colin Connor? Daly? Get him in there, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll back him. Get him in. Connor's Connor's an absolute lad. We need to get him back on. Love that dude. Um, looking at qualifying though, I will say two people that massively missed out and could have improved their position. Hamilton could have gotten into Q two or Q three with his best sectors, and also Norris' best sectors would have put him neck and neck with Leclerc. And Norris, even after he said it several times this season, quote, "I'm." He's, he's basically been very down on himself about his qualifying performances. And it's like, I think if Lando can find that state where he doesn't have to stress himself out and he can just lock it in and knock a lap out, that dude's going to be fucking terrifying in that car next season if they keep adding performance to it. I'm hyped for that, honestly. And I think, I think Piastri's got a... He's still learning, but he's going to be a, a good one. Yeah, I'm really, really impressed with Piastri this season. Me too. Me too. And he's, he's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I love that dude. Honestly, like I, I, I don't usually watch too many of the post-race driver interviews and stuff, but um, his usually crack me up. Um, so yeah. Should we get on to the Grand Prix? Ooh, yeah. Come on in. Go on then. Uh, last year was mostly a two-stop race. We had the same tire compounds. I think it's, uh, was it three, four, five, C three, four, five. Anyway, same tire compounds as last year. Last year, Verstappen and Leclerc eked out a one-stop. They, they made it work, but other people too stopped it, and they were pushing a bit harder. But regardless, there was still a reasonable amount of management. And this year after the race, a lot of people were saying, yeah, we tried the one-stop, but we bailed off of it and converted it to the two, unless you're Ferrari. You don't, take, you don't hold the L's. You just <laughs> take even bigger L's. Verstappen in the race, honestly, was completely unmatched in terms of performance. Nobody really came too close to him. Leclerc, um, Leclerc finished P2. Leclerc was strong during the race, but he just didn't have that next level of oomph. So Leclerc was really good on his tires in the first stint. His short stint on the hard was, was cut a bit short. And then at the end, his final stint on the hard was not as strong. 
and ultimately he ended up backing off, which we'll come back to. What did you what did you think of uh, the front of the race? Nothing too exciting other than the Russell Perez Leclerc kind of. I enjoyed. I very much enjoyed Charles's uh, opening few laps against Max. Yeah, that, that was, was a spicy. And I want to see Ferrari get their shit together just because I want to see Charles and Max going at it throughout a season. Yeah, I do too. Um, I got in trouble with Leclerc fans the other day on Twitter. I don't know if we talk about that now, but... Did you... Well, maybe, maybe, no, I, I, I said... I probably could have, I probably, had, I needed to be, because I'm, because when you talk about a specific driver, you have to be very careful about the language and phrasing that you use, because it, if it's in, perceived as a slight or an insult, uh, people that are, you know, really fan-centric will be upset by that. And I, I know that, and that's, that's on me. But it's an interesting thing that Leclerc always keeps the, some throttle on a lot of the time during braking, which is an old technique that a lot of drivers would use. You can like, you know, if you're on throttle a little bit, it loads up the diff and adds a little bit of stability. And I think a lot of people didn't have any interest to understand my point that the fact that, yes, the driver probably can do that, but the way the V6 hybrids work, it doesn't do what it used to. When you go on the throttle pedal, it's not like it's telling the engine to burn fuel and like combust and start driving forward. When you go on the throttle pedal, it just turns off some of the rear brake pressure. So it's like, why, why not just change the brake maps? Kind of, it's, if it, it, let's, let, let's, let's rephrase that. Charles Leclerc is probably one of the best qualifiers in F1. If he's doing something and it's working for him, God bless him, send it. I'm just telling you, as setting up those systems to make it super consistent could be potentially quite challenging. I haven't tried that, but I've had to deal with drivers. Like I think Kvyat was very tall. So he inadvertently rested on the throttle sometimes under braking. That is really yeah. not fun to deal with. Sterling agrees. Sterling wasn't alive when I was working with Daniil, but uh, Sterling remembers. I told him many stories about that. If you're, if you're listening on audio, my very handsome cat who decided to do two bro- dirty protests yesterday outside of the litter box, uh, he's come to say hello. Yeah, I, got, I got to stroke your pussy the other day as well, didn't I? Yeah. Well, I it was a really nice... I'll have to put that one on the internet for the uh, the only only dads. As Sterling came and sat on the sofa, and he just sat on Dan's chest, sniffed his beard a couple of times. He's like, "I like cigarettes," and you're like, "Me too, mate." Yeah, he was very freaked out by my beard. I think. Yeah, he liked it. I think. Go on, buddy. Hop down. But yeah, I mean, that, so that I have to be. I should. I need to little be a little bit more tactful and sensitive. But it's just like when I'm having a conversation about an engineering topic, I don't usually try to consider the feelings of the system or person or topic that I'm discussing. And if I use strange language, I get, uh, you'll upset fans. And I, I need to, uh, I should be more mindful of that yeah. at the same time. I don't really, I don't mind that I've bothered somebody with an objective factual statement, but uh, m- more so the fact that I have to deal with the aggro from a bunch of really upset people. And it's just like, it's not worth it. People need to toughen up a little bit. And, <laughs> A little bit of both sides. Oh, Fair enough. There you go. How about that? I like that neutral stance. But so, uh, any slander on this podcast is only banter. Yeah. We it's not that deep. Yeah. We don't hate anyone. I don't. No. The only thing we yeah. hate is sprint races and Pirelli. What about that? I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to go there. Um, 
Perez Perez had a pretty good recovery drive, man. Honestly, let's go back to the race. Uh, Perez goes from P9, uh, ultimately finishing P3 on the road, but loses the position to Russell with the penalty. Why don't we talk about that? So basically, Perez does a very good job. He goes uh, a lap longer than everybody else, despite starting P9 and having to drive through the traffic. So when you're in traffic, you still do put quite a bit of work on your tires. And he drove straight through that, made it work, came through the field on his hard stint, on his second stint, and, and he extended that a reasonable amount, not quite as long as Max did, he did but it's similar stint length. And then he came through uh, Norris at the end, came through Russell at the end, and he had a five-second penalty for his collision with Norris. A lot of people said it was a deserved penalty. A lot of people thought it was that. But at the same time, I don't really want to get involved in that because I don't feel like... It's a particularly high IQ conversation, and uh, I, I don't have a, a dog in that fight. I just don't think it was particularly consistent with other rulings that we've seen this season, which is one of the biggest problems. And yeah, that that was my biggest problem of it is that we've seen that sort of thing go by unpunished so many times, and then it's like, okay, now for whatever reason we flipped a coin, now we're going to penalise it. It's just like I don't mind the penalty. But it needs to be consistent. Yeah. And I think arguably a lot of people say that, you know, late moves like that aren't good. But at the same time, there was plenty of room for them both on the road. And I don't know. It wasn't like one of those desperate lunges, but it was a, it was a strong move. So do you allow them or not? And mm. I, Checo was critical on the radio on the end of the race and he said you know these guys are not f1 level these stewards and they're oh, like yeah, yeah sorry about that about that he got summoned um and he was let off with a reprimand or uh, uh, he apologized but i agree with him and i think it doesn't matter who you're a fan of if you're a fan of a driver or a team if you enjoy the sport i, I think there's a I, I will happily say i speak for most people we are not happy with the consistency of stewarding decisions Maybe the stewards were the same people that you upset on Twitter. They both seem pretty soft. Mm. It's possible. Um, but yeah, so that was Perez's race. But at the end, so he, here's, here's the tango. He's got that. He needs to get a five-second gap to Russell. Um, because if he finishes ahead of Russell, Ferrari take P2 in the Constructors' Championship. So... Leclerc's on the radio talking to his engineers like can we let Perez pass and hold up Russell a bit and they're like ah we are checking over and over and then finally like okay do it on the last lap yeah. Leclerc didn't throw the anchor out either he didn't really milk that for all it was worth I, I think he felt that wasn't fair but you remember when Checo held up Lewis in 2021 that was I mean he's seen that and it's like that's what you need to do if you're going to make this work on the last lap but I think Ferrari yeah. could have pulled the trigger on that sooner I, what was Russell on? Russell was on nearly 10 lap older hard tires than Leclerc. I oh, know, sorry. No, they're the same I, age I as Leclerc. I did they're enjoy the, the five head thinking though from Charles. He's, but like, but like, honestly, that just goes to show you. Why the, like hell, the, why the hell is Charles coming up with that when he's in the middle of the fucking race? Why because he doesn't not being like, uh, why don't we just try a little bit of, uh, because he doesn't trust them. He doesn't believe in them. And on honestly, the fact that they didn't bring that up 
just goes to show you they're not they're not racing <laughs> on the same le- they're not they're not on the same level as Red Bull's pit wall. And yes, yes, I'm I'm singing praises to Red Bull's pit wall because they've Disgusting been fucking bias. good. Yeah, they they because they've been fucking good. That's why. So. Uh, that that tilted me, man, because literally that is Ferrari in a nutshell. It's like, ah, we didn't think of that. It's like, you're fucking Ferrari. <laughs> Ferrari, I mean, the it, ultimate ultimate uh, embodiment of racing on vibes. But, but I mean, it's like, yeah, you'll have the, 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 the cheat fuel flow meter for God knows how long. But it's like, uh, it comes to Sunday and your race strategy and like, ah, we'll just, yeah. Speaking of signs. Signs. Carlos Sainz starts, where does he start? P16, right? Where does he finish? Um. Oh, he DNFs. That's right. He DNFs, but he was going to finish effective P10. I completely even forgot yeah. about Sainz. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, but, but like, but like, but like, honestly, so here's what they did with Sainz. And, I'm not a strategist, so I'm I'm armchairing this, but I do know a little bit about race strategy. So signs starts on a hard because the idea is that they'll be able to go longer than the people that start on mediums. The hard, the medium was the prime start tire. Everybody except for signs, Bottas, and Stroll started on a medium. Signs starts P16. He's very quickly up to P13, and then he sits there behind Lance Stroll for a bit of an eternity, arguably. The Ferrari should have been quite a bit faster than that. And the fact that he couldn't get around him, he was, signs was struggling massively on the hard tire and he just stays out for an eternity. And then we get to lap 24 or so and he puts another hard on. And at that point, he's fit two hard tires. He has to stop again. And Ferrari's plan was, oh, we'll just hope for a safety car. Whoops. If you didn't get the safety car by lap fucking 20, chuck it in, you will do better off like from from the point at which they don't cover Perez or you know mirror Perez is stop they're bleeding track position and then they commit to something which is just like the one stop didn't work you've got another hard tire fit it later like everybody else is two stopping I, I it was just like the fact that they hailed married on Sainz's strategy when P3 P2 in the championship was up Sainz that event goes from I believe P4 to P7 in the Drivers' Championship. Maybe Signs uh, read that comment by MBS about bringing Michael Massey back, and he thought, ah, oh, I'm going to gamble on a late safety car. Maybe <laughs> 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 you thought he's back, and this is time. My Go time on, to shine. Yeah, then you have uh, the team principals on the radio. Bring out the safety car, says, yeah. says Christian. And Toad's like, no, don't do it. It'll interfere with the race. Mm. That you know, I didn't realize that that Toto was on the radio for. It took me a while to realize that Toto was out there. Like, no, no safety car. It's like there's a car in the wall, mate. Like <laughs> in the middle of the corner. Ah, oh, dear. I wish everyone had access to the unfiltered radios. Mm. You do not do it now. on that. Do it now. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. What else do we got? Let's talk about the McLarens real quick. Um, McLarens, Piastri fell back at the race start from P3. Norris moved up from P5 to P3. But they were dog shit on their tires. Like, not, not 
that bad, but they were among there's Verstappen and Leclerc on the mediums at the race start, both be able to go very strong. Um, Lando nukes his tires pretty quickly. Uh, Piastri struggles on the second stint on the hards. He loses quite a bit of track time, about five seconds to his teammate. Um, and yeah, the final stint, they were okay. But they just didn't have it. Not, not bad. That first stint fucked him over on the mediums, but hey oh. What is what happened with Lewis? Lewis goes from P11 to P9. I just didn't have the pace. He spent most of the race with Alonso. I think Alonso was accused of brake checking him at one point, but I guess they looked at the data and said nothing. No, this it was another classic Alonso shithouse where he uh went slightly off track because you can do that in Abu Dhabi, right? Because it's all just painted runoff. Mm. He went slightly off track and and slowed down. There's like a, a, a shithouse attempt to get Lewis to overtake him before the DRS point. Is that what it was? Yeah. I was, mm. like, I was like, ah, that sort of shenanigans, is it? I like it. I like it. Good moves. But yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Sunoda tried a one-stop. He went from P6 to P8, but it was honestly uh, a decent one-stop. It just didn't work out as, as much as he wanted. Uh, Sunoda finishes... 14th in the constructors or the drivers sorry he doesn't move up Albon takes 13 but yeah main main takeaways from that race is a primarily two-stop race with a bit of management uh the medium tire was difficult for quite a few especially at the race start um and then the medium speed corners that they're like slightly longer duration like the like long combined things where you've got the steering lock on for a long time they very much tend to wear out the front tires and a lot of drivers were struggling with loss of front end towards the end of the race uh mercedes take p2 and the constructors over ferrari by three points signs yeah. unfortunately but like what's signs in the driver's championship uh 200 to leclerc's 206 so they're not that dissimilar i think a in general, an underperformance from the Scuderia as a whole this season, unfortunately, and I would love to see them back. Their car was faster than Mercedes on single lap throughout the season. Uh, race pace and tire management, not as good, and operationally... Consistency leaving, issues. Yeah, leaving leaving a lot on the table there. Um, Verstappen with a pretty flawless weekend. Um, looking at the telemetry later, the... I, in my report, I looked at this in a bit of detail. The car was on freaking rails. Turn two, three, flat, final corners, carrying a lot of speed through them relative to anybody else. Team pace order was definitely Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, and then Aston. And then after that, it was a bit of a gaggle of cars and hard to say, really. But um, Yeah, the Aston was, well, as soon as it got on the straight, though, it was like someone threw a parachute out the back of it. Mm. There was no straight line speed on that. Everyone just zoomed past him straight yeah even alonso almost gave the gp2 engine message again <laughs> so let's let's talk about some since the race is over before we get to random fandom and fraud watch ninja mode good boy max verstappen 19 wins in a season new record highest win percentage 86.3 topping albert ascari's alberto ascari's 1952 75 percent 10 wins in a row Knocked that out. Uh, he took that one from Seb, who had that. Uh, most wins from pole in a season, 12. Uh, Mansell and Vettel had nine. Most consecutive wins from pole, 
So does that make sense? 16 consecutive wins from, uh, I guess if he was on pole winning. Yeah, and on and on and on. 21 podiums in a season. Most points in a season by far. Uh, highest points scored. And most, uh, he led, what, 1,000 laps this season? Hell. Yep. Absolutely wild. And just as a reminder, if you're watching this live with us on YouTube, don't forget to hit that thumbs up button. If I check, uh, we've only got, what, 61 people have hit that thumbs up button. And we've got, you know, 300 and nearly 350 people listening right now. Click that button. It, it does help us out. And we do appreciate you guys joining us for this live podcast. But listen, is it gone? Red Bull Racing as an organization needs to go into work tomorrow and claim bankruptcy and fold because uh, I'm sorry, but they didn't wing Singapore. So because of that, this whole season's ruined. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm distraught, honestly. So why don't we, uh, yeah, you guys, you fucked it. Yep. You, you absolutely missed the setup in Singapore. Unbelievable. Yeah. Everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect, right? Mid and washed. Shall we, uh, it's time to do that thing. You guys ready? Hit the button. Fraud Watch. Fraud Watch. Fraud Watch is where we put somebody on blast for a terrible weekend. Hmm. Dan. We, we've, had, we've had the TV directors, McLaren were on Fraud Watch a lot, Ferrari and the FIA. DeVries, um, Signs has been on quite a few. I've got, we've both done Signs a couple times. Who you got this weekend? Maybe slightly controversial, but also slightly under the radar. Mm. Kevin Magnuson. K-Mag, what's K-Mag. he done? He's just, this season just underlines a woeful, woeful performance from him pretty much all season. Qualifying consistently, consistently beat. Yeah, consistently beaten by Nico, a guy that sat out should be retired. Yeah, should be retired. And I like K Mag. I think no, I I do too. I I like the guy, but Mm. yeah, he's just lost. He's not really done much, has he? Uh, The constructors' championship or the drivers? Sorry, he finished nineteenth. I mean, to be fair, Sargent managed to finish 21st in a 20-driver championship as well with one point to his name. Yes, that is true. But yeah, no. The, the, just, the Haas is a difficult I'll car as well, though. I don't care. Yeah. It's the same. Nico's got a difficult car as well. Yeah. He should have been um, beating Nico, in my opinion. Mm, we would have liked to have seen that. Yeah, but all the Nico Hulkenberg uh, doubters have been proven wrong. He's me better than Kevin. Yeah, I, I, maybe that's why I've put him on Fraud Watch for this week because uh, I confidently said that uh, K-Mag was going to make Nico look average and uh, I believe I have to hold that L, as the kids say. How big is it? It's very big. Okay. Fair enough. I, I think that's 19-9. Who gets who else had 19-9 in uh, qualifying head-to-heads? I don't know. Bottas and Joe? As well as Norris and Piastri. Hmm. So interesting. 
I'm going to go with Carlos Sainz this weekend. He had one of those duff weekends. And I'm not going to say he cost them the championship because that doesn't happen in a single event. It happens over the series of events. Uh, he's had some bright moments this season, but like this is one of those moments where Leclerc showed up. He hit everything on the head this weekend. He, he, he didn't have a fault. Front row, um, finished P2, was, was, you know, high levels of CPU usage of making sure they get the most out of the race. And science was shit qualifying. Not great. Had a struggle in the race, his fault or not. And then the team fucked him in the race as well. So, mm, yeah. Fair enough. Um, but if you're yeah. wondering, audio listeners and YouTube watchers, about our sort of entire season, fraud watch winners and things like that, do not fear because we are planning to do our end of season awards show at some point before Christmas. I just have to tie in the time with Blake. Yeah, um, we'll sort that out. Yeah, we'll figure you, it out. Can you best believe we're doing, uh, we'll, we'll tie in the fraud watch. Uh, season awards and the and the season awards which you guys our listeners and viewers are going to help us put together as well yeah so, user voted for so keep an eye on yeah. our twitter and we will let you know how you can vote and when we will do the show uh my sparkly tuxedo is ready i hope yours is ready my tux is ready but god it doesn't fit anymore and that oh, bow tie I mean, is... it fits but yeah yeah fair enough well why don't we, we we've we've talked some shit why don't we put some respect on a couple names? Let's go. Let's go. You ready? You ready? I'm ready. Oh, you, 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 who's a good boy? I am. I'm a good boy. Are you a good boy? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay. Who are, you, who are you putting on engine mode, good boy? Who are you giving some, some props to this weekend for a... Uh... Uh, it's got to be the one, the only... Yuki Tsunoda. Get in there, Yuki. He's been all right, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yoints. Yoints. Yeah. We got Yoints, ladies and gentlemen. And the first Japanese driver to lead a Grand Prix since. Oh, I know this. I wrote it down. 1996. It's been a minute. Who was it? Oh, only the second time in history that a Japanese ah. driver has led an F1 race. We got some yoints, mate. So, yeah, Fair enough. Go. I'm I'm honestly going to be a, a bit of a dickhead and give it to Max. Disgusting like, he's bias. Just, it's just like, but like honestly, man, like he doesn't fucking miss. He is not happy with just you know, like I won it already. Like there was nothing else to prove, and he goes out and has another. Absolute fucking banger of a weekend. His qualifying was not perfect. Despite being on pole, he still did not improve on his second lap, but they got the job done. It just doesn't, he's not missing. And I, I think until somebody produces a much faster car. Yeah, the fact exactly, as, as uh, we said in chat, the fact that getting a thousand laps led was plan A. Like the, the dude is literally just trying to tick off accomplishments because there's no other challenge right yeah, now. What else is he going to do? Yeah. 
No, I, I, I've got a lot of time for people that like athletes that are focused like that. It's, it's impressive and humbling because I'm fucking lazy piece of shit. So, so, uh, is it? We've got one more segment before we uh, conclude tonight's episode. Oh, we do, and it is not that button. It is. Random fandom. Oh, I did so well the other week. Yeah, you nailed every one of them, man. Absolutely. Not, not today. No, send it. Yeah, random fandom where we randomly pick a team to hype up for the weekend and then give you a after action report. Uh, for this week, I got Alpha Tauri, which is the reason why Yuki smashed it because he was the beard was on his side. He knew all about it. Uh, surprisingly, they bought a bunch of upgrades to this race, uh, but Daniel struggled more with the car throughout the weekend. And as discussed, we lost him in Q2, qualifying in 15th. To know yeah. squeeze his way into Q3 and then uh, shit housed his way to. Uh, Sixth, so good on him. Yeah, that's a toot toot for that. That's a big toot toot. Yeah, there you go. And uh, it was looking good, right, for the team to yep. uh, overtake Williams for seventh. I think they were only seven points ahead in the championship at that point in time. So you know, it was looking looking positive. Yeah, could have done it. Uh, so for the race, Sonoda ran a long first stint to try and one stop in the hopes of doing something different. Uh, which is the reason why we ended up having him leading the race at one point. And like I said, only the second time in history that Japanese driver has led an F1 race. So big up yourself, Yuki. That's uh, good, lad. Unfortunately, because of the whole one stop, he ended up falling backwards a bit down to eighth as his tyres were sort of dead towards the end. And sadly, that was not enough to pass Williams in the constructors. However, he did win his first Driver of the Day award. Well done, Yuki. It was a good drive. It was. It's a banger drive. Uh, Dan Daniel Ricciardo's weekend was not as good, unfortunately. Uh, like I say, he was struggling with his car pretty much all through the weekend, and then it just went from bad to worse during the race as he picked up a tear-off in his brake duct. Oh, the banana peel, eh? Yeah, had to pit early to <laughs> deal with that, which uh, sort of left him no choice but to go to an aggressive two-stop. Uh, he did well to recover back to P11. He was only less than a second away from 10th. So, you know, it was a good recovery, but no points, unfortunately. And finally, it was the last Alpha Tauri race, or any race in general, for Franz Tost, as uh, he's mm. off into retirement after 18 years of running Alpha Tauri, back when it was Toro Rosso and whatnot so mm. uh yeah big up yourself franz even though lewis Hamilton doesn't know who you are he's some not some american dude is he no that's, that's a good one that fair enough man and 18 years in the sport is uh is impressive i um i've got williams and williams finished p7 ahead of alpha Tauri in the constructors championship therefore they get an a plus fuck you Okay, fine. Great. Well done. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. No, um, this weekend for Williams, I think a 
a forgettable one, honestly. What do we got? So Logan Sargent didn't set a qualifying time. He starts from God knows where. Uh, Alex gets knocked out in Q2. Uh, P14, not a particularly strong performance, but the track, medium and low speed corners, a um, couple highs, a little bit of everything. Wasn't going to go well. Long straight's fine, but the Williams wasn't having it this weekend. And then in the race, was Sergeant P16, Albon P14, no points for them, no loints or anything. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to give this a relative to absolute terms, probably okay from what they could have expected to do. Probably still not. A, I don't think they're particularly happy with that weekend, especially they needed, they literally just needed before going into the event, they were a point ahead. Sorry, they, they were only a point behind Alphatari. I'm sorry. Going into the weekend, they were seven points ahead of Alphatari. Sorry, I couldn't math. They were not going to catch Alpine. They were locked in at P7. That's a bit of a gap to close to next season to Alpine from a performance. But Alpine's been inconsistent as hell. The Alp Aston Martin dropped off. But where do you see Williams finishing next season? P6 best. Man, it's a hard one. I like the trajectory. But yeah. it's so hard to keep that trajectory when all the other teams out there, you know, we know Alpha Tauri are taking as many parts of the Red Bull as they can legally. Legally. I don't see them being any higher than seventh again. I think no. I think it's too much of a tall order. I just I don't know if like I don't know if Alpine have the have it in them to keep pushing if other people are developing like i just don't have that much faith in renault you know i don't so maybe that's i think that's best unless they have some some great stuff in the pipeline over the season i think sergeant you know albon scored 27 points and the drivers to sergeant's one point albon was there to pick up the pieces in shithouse's way and outperform that car and yeah. sergeant Scrape by with what was it a point in Zandvoort or USA or something? I don't even remember. Uh, USA, anyway. yeah, okay. Anyway, anyway, I think, uh, yeah, that's a D for Williams this weekend easily. But yeah, did I so somebody in the chat asked, Did I ever work for Otmar? Otmar was uh, the, the boss at Force India when I was there, he was a good dude, and it's very interesting that he got ousted from there considering it doesn't look like any of the other people that are left there are particularly uh, spectacular. Uh, that, that, that at the top of the food chain, the, the engineers that are doing the hard bits, there's some absolute legends and gems there, but um, I don't really know about their senior management. I don't know them, so not enthused about any of them. But yeah, Let's let's do this. Let's wrap it up here. We'll get a we'll get our um, season review episode maybe next week or maybe the week after, and then uh, we'll be back with some more freaking fraudulence. You know? Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll have to leave enough time for people to vote. Yeah, all that jazz. But you guys do yourselves a favor. Um, check on your mates. Go check on your butcher. Make sure you've been buying local meat from him and not from Tesco. Yeah, 
And if you've been with us for this season, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Hope to see you again next season, but we will be doing bits and pieces throughout the off season. Uh, but if you don't, you know, if you don't want to do anything until winter testing, fine. Enjoy your Christmas. Have a happy new year. Good luck to you. And uh, you can if you wouldn't off. mind, do that. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. One Bye. more toot toot. One more toot toot. Oh, one more toot toot. Love that. Love that. Peace out, guys. Thank you guys for all your support. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.